Hello and welcome to this month's episode of Choosing Happily Ever After. We are in the midst of my summer series, Conversations with Friends, and I am so thrilled to introduce to you the friends that I interviewed for this month's podcast. Now, if you've been a part of the house for any period of time, they will probably look familiar to you as they are a part of our worship community and a couple of our beloved worship leaders. Um, But beyond that, they are amazing people that I am privileged to call friends. So I first got to know Evie and Alicia a couple years ago. Um, They have been, as I mentioned, a part of our church. They've actually gone through our school of ministry, and my life has been deeply impacted by them. You know, every time they lead worship, I get to encounter the Lord because of who they are and how they lead. It just makes it so easy. to enter into the presence of the Lord. And I have had some amazing moments of worship as they've led. In fact, once when they were leading, I was actually home sick and I was watching just online from our stream and I was healed during worship without anyone praying for me or anything like that happening, which is pretty remarkable and amazing. Um, But beyond their just talented leadership abilities, who they are has deeply encouraged me. My whole family just adores them (laughs) and with good reason. They are people who pursue the Lord and life with passion and that passion is contagious. They're just amazingly fun to be around and they are authentic in every circumstance. So no matter if they are cheering on a favorite sports team or they're, you know, at a concert of someone that they love or they are on an adventure together with some of their friends or even just hanging out at home with their dogs. They are consistent. They are faithful. They are passionate worshipers of the Lord and lovers of life. And so this month we have a conversation about worship and it extends past just songs, although songs can be powerful. But the purpose of this conversation is to encourage you to grow who you are in terms of worship in your daily life, to grow those muscles, those worship muscles, to be able to be passionate about the Lord and a true worshiper of Him in your daily life in every circumstance. And so I invite you to open your heart and to be excited, not just to hear what Abby and Alicia have to say, but to encounter the Lord in a fresh way. So get ready because it's going to be good. Enjoy this month and and enjoy my amazing friends, Abby and Alicia. Hello and welcome to Choosing Happily Ever After. This is a special edition. It's one of our Conversations with Friends podcast. And I am so excited because I'm here with a couple of my friends yes. <laughs> who, if you are from the house, you probably recognize Um, But I'm actually going to let them introduce themselves first, and then I'm going to tell you what I know about you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, my name's Evie. This is Alicia. We've been at the house for eight years now, I believe. Is that right? Eight? Mm -hmm. Eight years. What do you have to say? (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm Alicia Ugarte Del Rio. Again, we've been here for eight years. They're they're married. We're married. (laughs) Um, We, let's see, we lead worship here. 
Um, so you've probably seen us doing that. All right, so I'll take over. You yeah. <laughs> here. Um, but when I first met Evie, my first memory anyway was getting a prophetic word for you. He was in the crowd worshiping at a Saturday night service, I think. I think so, yeah. And the whole word, I don't know that I even remember, but I will probably forever remember there was just something so highlighted about you being a voice for your generation, that there was something set apart about you. And, like, you know, when you have those moments where the Lord highlights somebody, it just, like, Mm -hmm. it does something. And so I've always had just, like, an excitement about seeing, like, what you do and who you're becoming and um, just knowing that the Lord has, that he's with you, I guess would be the the right way to say that. Um, And Alicia... Jamie told me about you before oh, I met you. <laughs> and what he told me actually was, he said, there's some differences for sure, but she actually reminds me of you. And when he said that, I didn't know if that was good <laughs> <laughs> or bad. Oh, uh, not that he would ever, of course, compare me in a negative way. <laughs> but, um, but since I've gotten to know you, I've realized what a compliment that is mm. because... If you have met Alicia, I mean, the passion that she has on stage, you just have that in life. And you've already accomplished so many amazing things. And it's going to be incredible to see. I mean, anything you put your heart towards, Mm -hmm. like you do. And I just love that. And she's so much fun. So. We both are, but <laughs> this is a great but introduction. <laughs> so, um, so I'm so excited for people to get to know you a little bit more too. So we're actually starting out with just a few get to know you questions. Um, so the first one, so these are easy. We start with the easy subjects <laughs> and get you comfortable, so that we can lull you into the hard ones later. But what's the favorite place that you've been? I would have to say. Paris. That was right after we got married. It was on our honeymoon. We spent three week vacation through Europe. We really splurged. <laughs> um, but Paris was just the like the like picture perfect, like everything that everyone says it is, and you yeah. think like, oh, they're just being like they're over romanticizing it. But yeah. it was very romantic. Again, we were on our honeymoon, but we like got caught in the rain, we were eating our hearts out. Yeah, Yeah, I just loved that part of the trip. Yeah, I was going to say either that or Venice. So I can say Venice since you said Paris. (laughs) So that was also on our honeymoon. We did a gnocchi tour of Italy, and we got gnocchi everywhere we went in Venice, and it was so good. And (laughs) you could walk the whole island of Venice in, like, 20 minutes. It was really easy to get around, and... Yeah, beautiful, amazing. If you could go anywhere that you haven't gone yet, where would it be? I have one. Go for so it. So you can think. Yeah. Mine's Norway. Um, my grandparents, my grandpa mm-hmm. specifically is from Norway. Like Norwegian was his first language. And he has actually never been there, though. He just grew up in a Norwegian community. And wow. so I would like to be able to go since he never went so I can yeah. see it. Give you the spiritual answer, I guess. I've always wanted to go to Israel and like yeah. do you know one of those tours where like Jesus walked. I think yeah. that would be really impactful. Super expensive. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
Yeah, they are. Yeah. And our three-week trip to Europe was really cheap, so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for your bucket list. So that's really fun. We've actually talked about putting together one of those tours from here. Because Jamie's dad has gone so many times. Anyway, that's not a commercial. There's no advertisement. (laughs) There's no promises. But that would be fun. All right. Next question. What would you sing at a karaoke night? I felt like this question was because I told you a really embarrassing story about (laughs) me singing karaoke. So the good answer to this is my karaoke song is Proud Mary. And I have sang karaoke with Proud Mary. And the <laughs> embarrassing part of that story is I decided to do another song because that song went really well. And so I um, decided like, oh, I really used to love the song Goodbye Earl, so I'll try to do it. And if you don't listen to a song for 10 years, you're actually not gonna remember how it goes <laughs> if there's no lyrics. And so I started the song and then like five lines into the song, I didn't remember it anymore and just stood there in silence <laughs> for the rest of the song. And Nicole knew that story. So I didn't come up with these questions. <laughs> I am totally yeah. innocent. So I would do a Proud Mary and I would not do Goodbye Earl. <laughs> um, I have sing Single Ladies by Beyonce at a karaoke day. Um, the thing about that song is that it keeps going. (laughs) You know, it's funny for 30 seconds and then you're, you're still up on stage (laughs) and it's still going. That's awesome. Do you guys have video footage of either of these? Thank goodness. No. Oh no. (laughs) All right. What's your favorite movie? Either Tommy Boy or The Wedding Singer. I would say... This is kind of embarrassing, but she's the man <laughs> with Amanda Bynes. It is hilarious if you haven't seen it. I don't think it's inappropriate, so <laughs> I'll give it two thumbs up. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, that has been recommended to the girls and I for, like, mom-daughter nights. We got to watch it, but maybe maybe one of these nights. <laughs> with an endorsement from Evie, <laughs> ready to go. All right, last one. Um, if you could eat only one food for the rest of your life, I think this is a terrible question. No offense. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but what would it be? Pizza. Just because it'd be hard. Oh, pizza. I tell Evie I'm in the mood for pizza every single night. <laughs> every night. We have a specific spot we like to go to, Pizzeria Lola. Oh, good. So if you haven't been there, another plug. <laughs> <laughs> doing all the plugs. Um, and Raising Cane's for me. Oh, yeah. Because... Yeah, that sauce is everything. Yeah, there are several people in my family that would eat that every night for sure. So, all right, some of these are still kind of personal questions, but we're segueing in. Um, but so, how did you guys meet? We met at church actually, at our old church before we went to the house. There was a church that I grew up in, it's called Promised Land Church at the time, and I was actually in youth group at the time and she was leading worship which was strange because she had never been to our youth group before Mm -hmm. so she was just leading worship and I saw her there and she saw me worshiping and there was like a weird connection through that way Mm -hmm. and then eventually we got to lead worship together because I was involved in the youth worship team yeah yeah so we got to know each other by leading worship together which is pretty cool Mm mm-hmm so it's always been a part of your relationship then. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, since the first day we ever met on March 24th of 2010. I remember remember dates. Wow. That's amazing. So as you guys then began your relationship, did worship stay a main component of it? I think so, yeah. Um, I mean, she... I mean, she'd be around at our house and I would be playing piano and we'd worship together. And I think those were really like deep points of connection yeah. that we didn't really plan, but it was, it, it would happen because just naturally I'd get on the piano and we'd worship together. But mm-hmm. I think through that, it like served as a foundation for the rest of our relationship. Mm-hmm. How long ago did you guys start leading at the house? Uh, let's see. 20, I believe it was 2016 when we started leading together at the house. We had done some worship stuff together before, but I think we started leading together in 2016. And did that feel just like a natural continuation or was it a big step? We had led together a lot at the church we were at previously for Mm -hmm. several years. And so it felt very natural to start leading worship here again because we did take a couple of years in between when we were serving at our old church to when we were serving here. Mm-hmm. And it just felt very natural again. Yeah. So we kept worshiping together the whole time. <laughs> so it didn't feel like we were doing anything different. What, each of you separately, what are your musical backgrounds? So I have a very split down the middle family where half of us are very musical and half of us could not be less <laughs> musical. So I'm thankful that I'm on the musical side. Um, So I grew up in a musical household between, like, my father was an amazing musician. He um, played both electric and acoustic guitar. My brother did the same. And um, I ended up being the singer of the family, and I had been singing since I could talk. Um, The Barney theme song was the first thing I learned. I have been singing my whole life. I also have played a few instruments and I still play piano. I don't play anything else anymore. But music theory has always come really naturally to me, which is very helpful in worship leading so that I know what's going on with everybody. So that's my background. Yeah, I kind of similar, except not. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My family, there's like no musical background at all. But I was singing since I can remember, like, to the point where people were like, please stop singing. (laughs) (laughs) But I had always had a love for music and singing and um, did choir growing up, taught myself piano and guitar with the help of some, like, worship leaders, of course. But, um, yeah, so I, a lot of it was self-taught just because there was a natural passion for music there. So how would you define worship? I think for me, it would be connection is like the one word. If I can like embody what worship is, it's connection with the Father. Um, When I'm in worship, it's like bringing heaven down. You know, we know what the Lord's prayer is on earth as it is in heaven. And I think that's the desire of my heart when I'm in worship is that there's that heaven's right here right now. And I'm communing with the father. I'm communing with Jesus, communing with Holy Spirit. I stole my answer because I found one that I really liked 
from Jeremy Riddle, who is one of my absolute favorite worship leaders, and I just love his heart for worship. But in his book, uh, which is called The Reset, and it's all about returning to the heart of worship, he describes worship as freely pouring out the fragrance of our love and adoration through all the musical, physical, emotional, and artistic ways our hearts burn to do so unashamed and unhindered. And I thought that there's no way I could ever say anything more eloquently than that, (laughs) that I agreed with more wholeheartedly. Um, But if I'm thinking about the the musical way of worshiping, um, there are the seven Hebrew words for praise, and um, there are some really great messages on them that I won't give you now, but I will tell you what my favorite one of them is, which is Tehillah, which um, that one means to sing a spontaneous new song, unprepared song straight to God. And if you guys have ever seen us lead worship (laughs) at the house, you know that that's something that we love to do. And I've found that the most powerful times that I've ever had in worship have been a result of these spontaneous songs that come out of what the Lord's doing right in that moment right then. So I don't know your backgrounds in terms of when you actually came to the Lord. Um, individually, and this wasn't on our list of questions, so I'm just (laughs) throwing it at you. But has worship been a part of your connection to the Lord since you've known him, or is it something you've had to work to develop? It actually was something that, like, drew me to the Lord. I still remember being, like, seven or eight when I first encountered the Father and the Father's heart. And I was actually at a BBS, and a friend from my neighborhood uh, dragged me there. And they were singing, Open the Eyes of My Heart, God. Um, And I remember just looking at the stage and just being so, like, taken back by what worship was. And I knew it wasn't just, like, music, but there was something deeper that was happening. And... from there, it was just like game over. Like I'm giving my heart to the Lord because there's something that's so real. So I had this really fun kind of unique story where it was like, yeah, music and worship were the thing that like brought me to the Father's heart. For me, um, I grew up in a home that loved the Lord, and so I didn't really have like a, a come-to-Jesus moment that some people have. But... I will say a really significant thing that happened to me in my walk with the Lord did absolutely relate to worship. And I grew up in a non-charismatic church. And when the day that I said that I met Evie for the first time uh, back in 2010, he was the first person that I had ever seen dancing in the spirit during worship. And I was someone who, like, I was very, like, hard emotionally I never cried in front of people or anything and I was on stage leading worship at the time and I saw this happening and I started crying and I was like what is happening to me right now like I never cry I don't know why I'm having this emotional response but I knew that in my heart it was that I was crying out to like know what he knew about the Lord and so that's my first memory of my husband which I think is pretty cool (laughs) But through that, I learned to have those, I started having those encounters myself through worship as I got to know him more intimately. And so 
the Holy Spirit inside of me definitely encountered me for the first time through worship. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's really fun. So if someone were to come to you and say, I'm struggling with, like maybe they haven't connected with the Lord that way. Maybe they grew up in a more religious setting or maybe they just didn't know the Lord when they were young and it's a new thing. Um, Do you have tips or you know, not tricks, that's the wrong word, but how would you suggest they would go about pursuing the Lord in that type of connection? Yeah, I think the first thing that you need to do is surrender. Mm -hmm. That there's, like, a lot of it is very, like, counterintuitive of, you know, especially in the area of musical worship where you're praising the Lord with physical expression Sometimes that can feel very counterintuitive. Like you don't want to give your body over to this because it can look really foolish or it can really look undignified. Um, So I think the first thing that needs to go is like pride and fear of man even. So I think if there's a desire to go deeper, then I would just even start in your prayer life asking the Lord to begin to encounter you with love to get rid of that fear of man to take away the hindrances that you're feeling because he's so faithful to start poking at those spots that are hindering you and um he'll begin to unlock things in worship that you didn't know were possible so i think it's really about yeah connecting with the lord in that way and actually speaking out your desires of wanting to know him because he wants to know you a lot more than you want to know him mm-hmm. so he's so yeah. he's more than willing to encounter you in that way i think for myself the first place that i felt really comfortable just totally surrendering like you were talking about was in my car like turning on worship music really loud and just going <laughs> all the way for it there's nobody in there listening to you it's all you you can just have your time with the lord and I think try to keep your eyes open. Yeah, keep <laughs> eyes open is a good rule. Maybe pull your car over if you're having a really great experience. Um, and then I also think it's so important to sing songs to the Lord that are your own. Um, you do not need to be a songwriter to do this. Um, either if you play an instrument, just start playing something and just start singing whatever you're feeling to the Lord. Or if you're not somebody who plays an instrument. You can just throw on some instrumental music and just start singing out to the Lord. And I think um, really powerful things come out of singing your own words to him. So we're going to change the course of conversation just a little bit. But one thing that I love about you guys both is that you're so passionate about so many things. We have had many conversations, text messages around football, (laughs) different musical artists, and just that, you know, you have a passion for travel. There's all kinds of things that you love, coffee, your dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I could go on. Um, but I love this because I think that it shows the reality behind the truth that there is no separation between secular and spiritual, mm-hmm. that you can be fully engaged with the Lord and yet still have passions outside of you know, traditional religious ideas. And so I just kind of want to know, do you feel like the passions you have in your life, just even your hobbies or interests, 
Do they help make your spiritual life richer? Yes, definitely. I so strongly believe that passions are on purpose, um, that I was created to love the things that I love. And the flip side of that, like the things that I love were created so that I can enjoy them and others can enjoy them too. Whoever was in tune with the revelation of the game of football, (laughs) like thank you for tuning in so clearly. You nailed it. Uh, (laughs) And so I... I also think about things like traveling or things like that where you just get to experience all these things that the Lord created for us to get to experience and all the variety in his creation yeah. is is so evident through getting to experience all these things. And so I absolutely see my spiritual life being enriched by the things outside of what you would maybe call church. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I know we've been talking a lot about music and um, just because that's a huge avenue of how we worship, but I'm a strong believer that worship is how you walk in everyday life. It's not just something that you're you do, but it's it's your life being laid down. So that's every aspect of your life mm-hmm. and that um kind of consumes everything. And when you look at it through that lens, things like going to go get some Starbucks becomes worship because you're doing it with the Father and it comes back to that connection. If you're connected to the source at all times, whatever you do is worship. Yeah. Well, and wherever you go then, if you talk about worship as being about connection with the Lord and bringing heaven to earth, then that means wherever you go, you're actually giving people a taste of heaven. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is really a beautiful thing to think about and to consider you know, like how many times you have a chance to actually just with even a smile, a kind word, um, you know, sometimes it goes more and you can pray for someone or offer an encouraging word. But, you know, there, Jamie and I have a woman that works at a grocery store that we go to a lot that we just started talking to. We weren't even, in fact, I'm going to be honest and say the first time I talked to her, I was trying to avoid <laughs> conversations. <laughs> I just had a quick errand I had to run at someplace I had to be. But there was something about her that was just like, I don't know, I need, like, I'm supposed to connect with her. I don't know. There was just something, you know. And so it was just like small conversation, you know. But um, over time, every time we would go, we would just, say hi, ask her how she was doing. She ended up at the church with her kids who had sworn to never come to church. I mean, like, there was just all these things that happened literally because we just smiled at somebody, you know? And so I just think that's beautiful to remind all of you (laughs) that worship is music, but it's so much more, and it really is about bringing that encounter with the Lord into every area of your life and that includes movies or travel or football yeah. um, there are certain teams I feel like <laughs> that bring it more but we don't even <laughs> talk about that right now <laughs> oh <laughs> although I guess maybe our prayer life I don't know I'm going down a wrong, <laughs> going down a wrong uh, path here so do you feel though this is I should stop being sarcastic because this is actually very serious. Do you feel like when you are at school or at work, like, is there a struggle to, trying to think of the right way to word it, 
um, as you're going about daily life, to be maintaining that intimate connection with the Lord. Absolutely. I, I think, I mean, you know, like you mentioned before, I'm in school, so <laughs> stress of like exams, learning new content, it, it, there's a lot of pressure there. And I think that's another really beautiful thing about worship and connection as we've been talking about. It, it realigns yourself as well. Like you're not only realigning the atmosphere around you, you're realigning things internally. Yeah. And so it's, it, there's actually like a shift that happens when you begin to shift your perspective back into worship. You, you begin to realize what's important again, and yeah. you begin to realize like the heavenly perspective mm-hmm. of what's happening around you. And I think, yeah, that's, it's a reason why I love worship <laughs> because there are so many times where I'm like, yeah. oh, I need to shift my perspective right now because it's not heavenly. And what I need is a little bit of heaven right now. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think especially as we have busier times, we've both had really, really busy seasons the last couple of years. And then through work in the midst of that, it's really easy to forget to invite the Lord into those everyday parts of your life. I was just having a conversation with somebody on the worship team about how I was in the process of hiring at my job because I'm a supervisor, and I was saying it was really stressful for me because hiring also means not hiring people who you interview, and you have to make those calls of, like, I'm sorry, you did not get the job, and that was very stressful for me to do. But then I was reminded to invite the Lord into that process for me, and it, like, completely gave me peace and when I was making those phone calls to people there was so much peace on them through inviting him into that circumstance into something that was not necessarily a peaceful moment it became a peaceful moment for both me and the people on the other end of the line should mention too that they both have worked in the medical field during 2020. Mm-hmm. So when they talk about stress <laughs> <laughs> in the last couple of years, um, they obviously know what they're talking about. But So that's a beautiful picture, though, because so many people have been through unprecedented, which I know we're all tired of hearing that <laughs> word, you know, but the world feels so much scarier than it did a couple years ago. And so that picture of being able to invite heaven into what you're doing and to shift your perspective mm-hmm. by doing that, like that is something that actually doesn't take that much time or effort, yeah. but it does take intention. And I find that um, in my own life, sometimes I'm like, oh, why didn't I think about connecting with the Lord sooner? Like, I'm a pastor. (laughs) Like, that should have been my first thought. But you get busy or there's, like, something in your face putting pressure on your time or that moment. And so it can be difficult in that moment to remember, oh, wait, like, my first priority is actually that I'm a spiritual person connected to the Lord, Mm -hmm. and I need to maintain that perspective. Mm -hmm. It it influences everything. How would you say that worship has influenced your marriage? I mean, I think it, it really has been the foundation mm-hmm. of our whole relationship prior to marriage. So I think mm-hmm. carrying that in was just such a crucial piece. Yeah. I mean, 
going through everyday life and being able to kind of recenter ourselves in that way has just been such a an amazing thing to be able to do together. And yeah, no, I would say the same thing. It was just the complete foundation of our relationship. It was how we met, how we became friends, how we ended up starting to date. Mm-hmm. And a big reason why we knew that marriage was a great choice for us. And yeah, we we love worshiping together. And that is the main thing. I mean, the main thing was there because we both just love worshiping the king. And I mean, we have a lot in common other than that, but it was the absolute foundation of every part of our relationship. Yeah, and I think with like any tension that happens naturally with marriage, to be able to shift our perspective like we've been talking about as a couple through just like singing songs to Jesus has been like a lifesaver. And I, I mean, we've only been married three years, but I can't imagine not having that foundation for those three years. So do you both participate in songwriting together? Is that something you do together, separately? More so separately. We have started to dabble more. together. Yeah. Um, A lot of the times that we've worked on songs together has also happened because one of us will start a song Mm -hmm. and then we'll show it to the other one and then we'll start working on it together. We have rarely sat down to write a song together, but it has happened. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we usually start separately, but we both do songwriting. Is that just a natural, as you're pursuing worship, as you're into music, you do that? Or is that something you had to pursue trying to do? For me, I started songwriting as like a little kid and... What happened to me, though, was I got to high school and got embarrassed of, like, artistic things that I did. And so I stopped because I didn't want anybody to see what I was doing or make fun of what I was doing, which is so silly. Like, if anybody's feeling that way, please be free of that right now. But I didn't start writing again until I started going to the International House of Prayer around 2014, maybe, it's such a huge part of the foundation of the International House of Prayer is they do chorus writing while they're doing worship with the word or things like that. The singers will write choruses, and so I started doing it again through that. And so typically if I'm <clears throat> songwriting, it comes out of something spontaneous, usually like a chorus that I came up with spontaneously, and then I'll write around it. Mm-hmm. That's been my songwriting journey. Yeah, yeah. Um- very similar I think we both have like this we just love prophetic worship Mm -hmm. and things that like really just cut through a moment and so when that's happening we'll hear a chorus or something or a melody Mm -hmm. and we'll start singing it and so a lot of times when we're on stage those things are developing I'll hear the Lord singing something over the congregation over myself and so I'll start singing it out and then I'll think, oh, this is actually pretty good. I can, <laughs> I can write around this. And so that was a, that was what really launched me into songwriting. And then from there, there was a little bit more confidence that grew. And so, um, there have been times where I've sit and sat down and just like really intentionally written. So it's a little of both, but 
that's kind of been how we got started. Is it something that you do regularly? Like, do you, or is it kind of seasonal? How does it work? It definitely is seasonal. I think it goes up and down. I've been trying to push myself to write more, but there are definitely moments of like inspiration and, yeah. you know, two or three songs will just start flowing out. Um, and then there are times where I'm just like really pushing for it and really trying hard to come up with something. But yeah, I, I would say it's very seasonal. Yeah, for me as well. With the busyness of life, there are definitely seasons where I've been mm -hmm. able to put a lot more time into it than others, just practically speaking. Yeah. I also am a little different from Evie where he will have like many songs he's writing at once. He'll just be working on things and voice memos and things like that. I would like to start a song and finish a song. <laughs> like I definitely have some voice memos floating around out there, but I prefer to like start it and finish it and move on to the next project. So where, I mean, you've kind of already touched on this, but you like inspiration comes, a song comes out of it. Do you ever on purpose go trying to find inspiration? I wouldn't say I would go on like an excursion or anything like that, but I, I definitely sit down and start like playing songs that I even know as a source of inspiration or um, just start playing around in the piano. And that in itself is kind of like a journey where, you know, you start to cultivate that worshipful like atmosphere around you and then things start coming out naturally. And so that's been a tool that I've picked up and used very often where I'll just start worshiping. And then I know that like the Lord's faithful to show up. So something's going to come out. I have done both. If I've written something that I really like, I will try a couple different things for inspiration to try to write, write around it. So for example, with my song Faithful, it definitely came in a few chunks where I had the chorus and I didn't have any verses and I'm a lot more comfortable writing choruses and bridges because those come out more in like spontaneous kind of worship where I don't typically get a verse flowing from spontaneous worship. But I I just started seeking the Lord for that situation and I actually got them very quickly. Mm -hmm. They were like downloaded to me. Mm -hmm. So that was pretty cool. Other things that I'll do is I try to draw inspiration from secular artists that I like. I think it's fun to try to incorporate different kinds of writing styles and music into my own songwriting. Yeah, I'll, I'll look to artists like Ed Sheeran or Taylor Swift who are really amazing at writing melodies or somebody like Amanda Cook who's really poetic with her lyrics, things mm -hmm. like that. And I think we use each other yes. as a, a source of inspiration as well. Mm -hmm. If there's something that has been in our heart or um, voice memos that I've presented to Alicia and I'm like, mm -hmm. is this any good? And she's able to kind of help me fix little things. Um, and we have such a great community as well at the house with our worship team and such strong songwriters that we can go to mm -hmm. and that's helped us finish songs or polish yeah. them up. So I, you know, Jamie used to lead worship. Um, he still, you know, plays his guitar and all of that, just not on stage very often anymore. Um, but so he's written quite a few songs. And I always thought that I was not like the creative type. Like I had a little bit of it in me, but 
it just came out so differently. And I played the piano, but it was always other people's music. But one thing that has challenged me being a mom, because I have eight kids, is that I don't have any kids that aren't creative when they're little. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, they've all, you know, our oldest is 19, and he still, you know, the way he expresses his creativity is a lot different than you know, some of the other ones, well, they are all different from each other. But it challenged me because I realized, oh, like, I'm creative, but I'm judgmental (laughs) 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 of what comes out or the way it comes out of me. And so I've shut down a lot of that stuff. And so the reason I'm sharing that is if you're listening to this <laughs> and you go, I've never written a song or I'm not musical or I, you know, like there was actually a couple of years where I was convinced like, oh, Jamie shouldn't have married me. He should have married somebody who could lead worship with him. <laughs> you know, I don't know if I really seriously believed it, but it was definitely a thought, you know, like because then I could have been helping lead worship when the church started and these things, you know, which now I look back and I'm like, okay, that's maybe a little delusional <laughs> <and> other things, <laughs> you know. But um, do you have words of encouragement? I am going to encourage you that all of us, like it touches back on what you said at the beginning about surrendering. But if somebody is listening to this and they're saying, like, I'm not creative or I don't identify with this, I don't have musical talent, do you have words of encouragement for them to get in touch with worshiping? the Lord in this way because I have come to realize how important it is because God is a God who is creative. Mm -hmm. He is a creator. He is our creator and he created us in his image. And so when we shut that down, we're actually shutting down part of who he created us to be. Yeah, I'm actually really passionate about this because as I've started to songwrite and started to express things in creativity, there's that judgment that comes up uh, like you were talking about and I was driving one day and the Lord kind of convicted me because I was thinking about a song that I was writing and I just did not like it and the Lord convicted me and he said but the creation that I put inside of you it's in the image of me so why are you judging my image right now and it kind of just totally wrecked my view of creativity and who I am as a creative person because I I thought of it as something I did, but it's actually something I am. And um, like you were saying, we're created in the image of the creator. So as his sons and daughters, we are naturally creative people, whether that's a different expression for you if it looks like songs, if it looks like art, whatever, we're still creative. And there's a, actually a, a calling that mm-hmm. the Lord is doing to draw out that creativity in you. So I would say, yeah, first, like, shut down that judgment and just let your creativity and your art be for a sec and just let it breathe um, and see it for what it is. And it's actually a really holy moment that's happening because you're creating in the image of the creator so that's my first step is I'll I'll write something I'll make something and I'll just let it breathe for a second and of course that doesn't mean that we don't make things sound good or look good or polish them up but 
it's a holy moment that's happening and to recognize it as that is something that really shifts your perspective in that moment and helps you keep creating. Yeah, I had an experience with the Lord about this very topic a few years ago. As I mentioned earlier, I stopped songwriting when I got to high school and I had been songwriting as a kid and stopped because I was way too judgmental of myself and was embarrassed of what people would think. And then I was with Evie and he had been writing songs and I was still feeling like, oh my goodness, I can't possibly join in on that because I just, I'm not good enough to do it. I don't have the skill. I gave up on it. And the Lord really met me where I was at in that and had to tell me like, you did not lose the time and the creativity is still there because I created you with it. So there is no age too old to pick up being creative Mm -hmm. in the ways he created you to be. And there's so much honor from the Lord on you choosing to express your love for him and your worship for him creatively. I think in story and like when our kids are having trouble to sleep or something, I used to tell them, well, you know, just think of a story and like think through you know, because I was trying to get them to lay there quietly, like until they would fall asleep, you know. And um, and I remember the day that Jamie was like, you think in stories, huh? Like, and he was like asking me questions about that. And I was thinking, well, everybody thinks like that. And he was like, no, <laughs> you know, like I can't do that. And I was so surprised to realize not everybody is wired like that. Yeah. But um. But I'm mentioning it because your creativity is inside of you. Mm-hmm. And it's good to practice music and all these things that feel outside your comfort zone because you never know. You know, one of our dear friends, Deb Crone in California, she um, is a successful artist. She creates beautiful work. And she started painting because her kids got her painting stuff one year. Like, she was an adult, her kids were, you know, older, and she just picked up a paintbrush and had no idea of the gift that was inside of her. But so I just want to encourage everybody, there's something in you that's natural to you that's not, you think, is everybody. (laughs) (laughs) But it isn't. So it's important to try your hand in all kinds of things, but also go back to those things that when you were little you used to do. You know, like I used to fill notebooks full of stories because that's just what I did because I thought it was fun, you know, and like, again, you get that judgmental voice and you start critiquing and you stop creating. So I love what you both shared because it is so important to get in touch with that. As we're kind of starting to bring the conversation to a close, though, do you have any worship artists or resources it could be a book or it could be something else that you would recommend to people uh the reset by jeremy riddle which i already plugged but i will again (laughs) um dante bow i'm obsessed with him if you've been sleeping under a rock maverick city or upper room of course (laughs) no offense of course (laughs) (laughs) Uh, throw any of their albums on and you will be truly blessed Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, some amazing moments on YouTube. If you just search up Stephanie Gretzinger, 
I, I'm sure if you haven't heard of her, go look her up. She is just this passionate worshiper, and um, just watching her worship honestly will change you. So go watch Stephanie Gretzinger. Yeah. <laughs> um, and if someone is interested in getting, like, just getting musically involved, mm-hmm. um, if they haven't played an instrument or they don't sing, do you guys have any tips, words of wisdom? to get involved with that yeah i would say uh it's definitely it's a process so don't get frustrated and there are so many resources on the internet nowadays like i was saying youtube look up youtube look up chord charts things like that easy you know four chord charts that you can learn and worship music is very basic music actually so it's very easy to learn, and you can start playing some of your favorite worship songs uh, very quickly. So I would, yeah, I would say YouTube, mm-hmm. get some chord charts that are free online, and just go for it. Along the same lines of YouTube, if you are wanting to get into singing and you haven't been a singer before, please watch videos about how to sing correctly because it is so hard to change bad habits from singing incorrectly. Mm-hmm. So if you want to get into <laughs> it, try to make those habits of doing it right the first time so you don't completely ruin your voice <laughs> while you're working at it. Yeah, my kids is just amazing to me because they'll be interested in something. They go on, like I have a couple, um, well, several kids that are really into art drawing, painting specifically. They're amazingly talented, and I know I'm biased, but it's totally true. (laughs) Um, But they'll be interested in learning how to paint, like, a specific technique or something. Mm. And so they'll just look it up, and, you know, within an hour they're painting Mm. in that way. And I just, like, I love that. I feel like my generation, because we didn't grow up with that, Like, I forget, like, oh, I could just do that, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Like, it doesn't have to be that difficult. There's so many resources out there. So, um, and there's so many free resources out there. You don't even have to invest financially into something. So, So I do encourage all of you guys to be creative and have fun and shut down that inner critic, you know, and just really get vulnerable with the Lord, because I do think, and you guys did touch on this, but that's also a big part of it, you know, is being surrendering, being vulnerable, not worrying about being foolish, because I feel like so many of us are guarded with ourselves, but also with the Lord. And it's really hard to worship him if you don't feel comfortable. (laughs) And it often takes courage, like Sometimes we wait to feel comfortable before we do something, but you're not going to feel comfortable until you actually do it. So so gather your courage and um, worship the Lord. Yeah. Um, before we close, though, is there anything else that you guys just would like to share? Yeah, I have um, just a testimony that in preparation um, I've been thinking about a lot, um, mm-hmm. and I've, I've talked about this a lot because it, it's something I hold so dearly. Um, when I was growing up, my mom, she was the one who would clean our church every Saturday. And, you know, from like age 11 to 16, 17, she was faithfully always cleaning the church and she would 
go up on stage and she would start cleaning the mics and the piano and she would ask the Lord, like, Lord, let my son um, lead from this piano. Lord, let my son lead from this mic. And the father just so honored what she was praying. Um, and it didn't make sense because, again, they're not musical people. Um, but for me to be musical and for me to take on those leadership qualities in worship was totally the Lord honoring her prayers and providing an opportunity for myself to actually honor my mother and my father in worship, by leading worship. So I just want to encourage any mothers, fathers out there who are listening to this, like bring up your children um, in your prayers about worship. If you want to see a passion for worship cultivated in your family, start going after it in prayer because yeah. the Lord honors those prayers. It will shift your children's hearts. Um, and actually provide an avenue for your children to honor y you in that way. Yeah, that's amazing. It's such a beautiful story. I guess my, my parting thought would be something that has just been on my mind a lot lately is how important it is to 100% be true to yourself in how you are worshiping the Lord being 100% yourself and creatively expressing yourself in the ways that he's gifted you in with complete freedom really unlocks that freedom in other people as well. And yeah. so you choosing to go after it 100% gives the freedom for others around you to do the same and gives them that permission to do that. And so if you're ever wondering why we're being insane on the stage... <laughs> We're giving you permission to do the same thing, whatever that looks like for you. I'm always the one that's in the front row crying. <laughs> that's your expression. Like, <laughs> like, I don't know when that happened to me, but somehow in my last couple of years, I just cry. So it's good. <laughs> it's good, though. Well, thank you both so much yeah. for coming. Last thing I'm going to ask of you, would you mind just praying for people mm -hmm. to just encounter the Lord and worship in a new way? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Lord, I thank you so much for what you're doing in our generation. Mm -hmm. Thank you for what you're doing in this day and age, Lord, that you're rising up worshipers to worship you in spirit and in truth. Lord. So we just pray for an extra... Um, anointing an extra hunger to come over your people lord the people listening to this lord that there would be a hunger that rises in their hearts mm -hmm. to know you deeper lord to know you deeper than they've known before i pray father that you would um encounter them in the everyday life that there would be that connection that there would be those heavenly moments even as they're going to the grocery store as they're getting coffee lord um that you would just encounter them that, that things would shift in their lives and in their, um, in their hearts, Father, as they encounter you in worship, Lord. Thank you, Lord, just for your people. Thank you for the way that you so uniquely created each one of your kids. And, Lord, I just ask that any, any shame or any embarrassment that anyone has about expressing themselves fully in creativity, in worship, Lord, I ask that you'll just break that off right now, that freedom would reign, that people would feel so unlocked to be able to be truly themselves and to just worship you in such spirit and truth, like Evie said, spirit and truth, Lord. We just want people 
we want to be a people who worship you in spirit and truth and whatever that looks like for each person that that would be released Thank you again for joining me. Thank you for having us. And thank you guys for joining us too. Um, All the show notes and links and everything will be below. And we look forward to having you back next time. Have a great week. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can share it below and subscribe to the channel. You can also find Nicole Van Gelder on social media or through her website in the show credits. Thanks again for choosing Happily Ever After. See you next time.